When Matthew quoted Jesus saying, don't worry about what you will eat or drink, he probably wasn't thinking about an ice crafted press, but I sure was all the time. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. This season on Good Story, we are talking about expecting the expected. When Jesus says something, we can expect it is true. We can expect it will happen. We can expect it is right. We can expect it can be relied on. When Jesus speaks, we can expect his words can be trusted. We can expect they can be taught. We can expect they can be shared, and we can expect they should be followed. We began this season with the greatest story ever. Jesus said he was going to suffer. He said he was going to die. He said that after three days, he was going to rise from the dead, and he did, just as he said. This week, I want to look at something Jesus said when he was preaching what we have come to know as his Sermon on the Mount. A student asked me once why we call it that. The answer is simple because it was a sermon Jesus taught on the side of a mount, as opposed to a sermon by the side of the road, or in a house, or near a synagogue. This particular sermon was preached off the north edge of the Sea of Galilee near Capernaum. There is a church that's built there that commemorates this place. It's beautiful. Here is just part of what Jesus said in that sermon as recorded in Matthew 6. I'm going to start us off at verse 25. Jesus is speaking. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying and why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? The Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Well, lots of advice, lots of words, lots of things we can expect. We'll come back to that. But before we do, let me tell you a little story. Last May, I received a gift for Mother's Day from my two older sons. They had been working with a personal trainer that I'll call Austin, because that's his name. They'd been working with him for about seven months at that point. They had found great results with him and were so appreciative of Austin as a personal trainer and just as a guy. This inspired them with an idea. 
which I'll come back to. But before I do, let me tell you a little story. Are you still tracking with me? First, the Sermon on the Mount, then my two oldest sons, and now me in lockdown. Yep. When everything locked down and we were all staying home last spring, I took self-care to a whole new level. I'm all for self-care. I think it's so important, truly. I think we could miss out on being who God created us to be if we think life is solely about doing all we think we should do. We need to sit. We need to rest. We need to Sabbath. God tells us that. It's so important. But I noticed something. I noticed when I was told to stay home, I ran into a little dilemma. Hmm, how will I drive through and pick up my ice crafted press from Caribou if I'm not going anywhere? I had apparently deceived myself into thinking that I didn't have them that often. I mean, like not that often, maybe pretty often. But now the stay-at-home order revealed something else. It was threatening to cramp my style. I was beginning to worry about how I could meet all those needs. And then I heard next that we would actually do good to drive through places and order our food from local restaurants and such. Problem solved. Each day. Yes, each and every day. I made sure I was able to get out and drive through and order my large ice craft to press no flavor, please. Thank you very much. And don't you worry. My focus on self didn't stop there. Kenny and I started getting DQ blizzards every once in a while. You see, during this stay-at-home time, we also had the task of getting my parents' home, my childhood home, that my parents had moved out of six months earlier, ready to sell. We had to sort through stuff, clean stuff, paint walls. Kenny actually painted, but <laughs> rearrange furniture for staging, giveaway furniture, which, by the way, the Goodwill was closed at this point also. So we started hauling things from my parents' house to our house and setting them out by the street. We started placing bets on what things would be taken first. The loser either drove to Dairy Queen to get our blizzards or to Caribou to get my ice crafted press. <laughs> there was also a Dairy Queen right on the way from my parents' house to our house. So sometimes I'd go over to my parents' house, work for a few hours, and then just bring treats home as a surprise. Pretty soon it was not so much of a surprise. And then things got ugly. I'm not even sure when they took a turn, but I went from getting a child size to a small to a medium, and pretty soon I had convinced myself that a medium and large were basically the same size. That did not make sense. I know that now. But for the sake of my argument, which was in my brain, so I could justify myself, it made total sense. It wasn't long until I ran into another problem. The DQ by my parents' house closed at 8 p.m., and sometimes, if I went after work to work at my parents' house, I wouldn't leave until later than that, much later. Thankfully, there's Google, so I just did a little research on my own, and I would drive out of my way for myself on my way home so I could arrive with blizzards in hand. Now, if you don't know Kenny, I have to say something here. He is like an, uh, I like ice cream okay, but I love you lots kind of guy. He saw the work I was doing with the house. He knew how much I was loving my blizzard, so it was fine to make it happen, but he was not the one driving the blizzard train, nor was he driving the ice crafted press train, even though he's quite the fan of them with a shot of vanilla. The blizzard runs continued for weeks. 
Sometimes I wouldn't even have to be at my parents' house working. Sometimes I'd just be sitting watching a movie or reading a book or sitting by the fire or doing whatever. And I'd look at Kenny and say, hey, did you just say you wanted a blizzard? He would maybe say, well, I could eat one. So I would make it happen. Over time, I memorized where the six closest DQs were to me, how long it took to get there, and what time they closed. Deep down inside, I knew this A, wasn't important, B, was not my healthiest choice, and C, was not going to be stopped. Let me now rewind to my previous story. Not the Sermon on the Mount yet. We'll get there. But to my two oldest sons who are working with Austin Galhar, the personal trainer. Like I said, they had been getting great results working with him and decided that they were going to give me the gift of working with him too. So for Mother's Day, they said they would pay for six weeks if I was interested and longer if I found it helpful. I told this to someone shortly after receiving the gift and they asked if I found it offensive. I paused for a moment to figure out why I would be offended by it and then said, oh, absolutely not. Oh my goodness, I had earned my weight in gold, actually in blizzards by this point, and ice-crafted presses as well. And I was well aware I was making unhealthy choices, and I knew that facts and accountability was going to be necessary to get me out of my rut. And so I set up my first FaceTime personal training meeting with Austin. We talked for an hour. I had my pen and pencil, pen ready, pen and pencil. I don't know, maybe I did have both a pen and pencil. Pen and notebook, ready. I took notes on facts. He asked me about my lifestyle. I told him, well, I've never smoked. I haven't even ever had alcohol and I occasionally ran. He asked me about my eating habits. I told him about breakfast, which was pretty healthy usually. I told him about lunch, which was pretty slim when I remembered it. I then explained a few typical dinners. He paused and said, well, it sounds like what your boys told me is true, which made me wonder what that would be. He said, you don't really have any bad habits, but you don't really have any good ones either. <laughs> Fact. But I said, well, I'm not quite done yet. We haven't gotten to 7.30 p.m., and that's where I think you might suggest I make some changes. I told him about ice cream in general and blizzards in specific. I told him also about when the DQs are open around me and how long it takes me to get to them. And then I told him about my daily runs to Caribou. He responded and talked to me about discipline, habit, and desire. He gave me some nutrition suggestions, and he started me on a workout plan that I do a number of days a week and track on my app. I've been doing this consistently for over 10 months now, but there was something he said in this conversation that has stuck with me, and I still say it to myself all the time. This is what it was. After he asked me about what caribou drink I get, I told him it was a large ice crafted press with no flavor. He said, that's actually not a bad drink there. It's a pretty good choice. But does it have to be a large? Now, you at home or in your car or wherever you might hear that question, you might think, no kidding, duh. But I heard that question and thought, maybe. We hung up and then I prayed. I asked the Lord to show me what was going on in my heart when I heard that question that made me want to defend my large ice crafted press so bad. Which brings me back to the Sermon on the Mount. 
Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What did Jesus say that I can expect him to do. I can expect him to provide what I need. I don't need to worry about the things I need because the Father already knows that I need them. Worry in this context here, in the original Greek, the word worry is merimnaho. Merimnaho. It means to care for, to look out for a thing, to seek or to promote one's interest. Also, it has a connotation of a fixate on one's interest. Do you hear in the earlier verses where it says, don't worry about your, about what you will, what you will, what you will. Why aren't we supposed to worry or fixate or promote ourselves? Why aren't we supposed to fixate on these things? Why are we supposed to trust God to meet our needs so we can have peace and relax? Partly, but you know why else? Because if I'm worried about me, if I'm worried about what me will, I'm not going to be worried about one about anyone else but me. I'm not going to be able to focus on his righteousness. If I'm to expect the expected, if I'm to expect that my father will meet my needs, then I can look for ways to meet the needs of others and think far less about myself. I realized my hesitation to answer the question, does it need to be a large? was rooted in selfishness. It was rooted in making sure that I got what I wanted. That is not up to me. I need to expect that the Father will meet my needs and not me to meet my wants. Does it have to be a large? That is now a question I ask myself often. For example, if someone cuts me off in a parking lot and takes the better place, I say to myself, Kirsten, does it have to be a large? When I'm waiting in line or someone has forgotten to do something they said they'd do, does it have to be a large? Can I trust? Can I expect that my father will meet my needs? If someone has spoken ill of me or made up lies about me, I don't need to be worried about my defense. The father sees. I can expect him to meet my needs. He cares for the birds. How much more does he care for me? I don't need to care for myself, for he cares for me. And so, small it is. <laughs> Honestly, I'm still a work in progress, so occasionally I get a medium just, you know, throwing it out there. <laughs> but I can't do a large because it signifies something to me. I am sure Austin had no idea that that question would have triggered such a response, but it did. 
I've thanked him personally already, but I want to thank him publicly too. Because Austin, that question you asked me that day, transformed me more than just in the way I eat or more than in the way I work out. It caused me to look deeper into scripture, my relationship with the Lord, and transform my outlook. So thank you again. And mostly, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for knowing my needs and meeting them every single time. Father, it is a joy to rest in you, to allow you to bless and direct our steps, to trust you, to trust you to fight our battles, to trust you to guide our paths. Thank you that we can expect that you will do what you say. Amen. Now, if you would ask me currently, does it need to be a large? I will answer quickly and confidently. Nope, it doesn't. Because I'm expecting the expected. God will meet my needs. I have the privilege of worrying about something else. I can fixate and focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness and know that all the rest will be added. Before I go, I want you to know that you could connect with Austin if you'd like to as well. I asked if I had his permission to tell the story, and then I asked if I could send you to his website. This is not, I'm not like, like getting sponsored by Austin. I'm not like the face of his training. <laughs> Thank goodness. But he has so many workout options you can do. You don't need to work with him individually, but he's great. And I appreciate him as a fellow believer and all. So you can visit his website at acrolife.com. That's A-K-R-O-L-I-F-E.com. Or you can find him by following his Instagram at acrolife as well. I'm not getting paid to say this. Like I said, not, not his sponsor, but I am grateful um, for what I've learned. Mostly. There's some days I'm in the middle of a workout. I'm not super grateful. Please, as we go from here, expect the expected. I don't know what it is that you need, but your Father does. Your Heavenly Father knows what you need, and He loves you, cares for you. Look at the birds of the sky. Look at the flowers in the field. If God cares for them, how much more does He care for you? Lord, please. Allow us to trust you to meet our needs. Thank you that we can. Thank you that you will. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.